Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Total Italian Football Podcast. We're here to talk about match day one of the 2023-24. I got it right this time, unlike the previous. Serie A season, it's back. We're back underway. The ball's rolling. The heat is extreme. But we've had some fun in this opening match day. I'm your host, Connor Clancy. I've got Kev Pugzelski here with me. Kev, hello. Hello. How are you? Well, you're good, you're, apart from being hot. That's odd. That never happens. You've really thrown me. I'm very well. I'm very, very well, I would say, for reasons that we've discussed off air. And most of them revolve around a, a Belgian debutante at Atalanta. But there you go. I've also got Ewan Burns here with me, who's a little bit more frustrated. But hi, Burnsy. Hello. <gasps> I won't ask you how you are, because we already know. I'm hot. That's what I always do. <laughs> I say what, well, yeah, the the heat thing. Obviously, they do the fixtures different at this time of year, and I much prefer it to what it normally is because <laughs> it means that from a actually having a weekend perspective, yeah, I agree. You, you cannot think about football until later on. You don't have to deal with a team yeah. being at half eleven at night time or something. Yeah, you don't have the, the the half twelve slot is a is a nightmare, particularly if it's involving a big team or it's a game that you're at. Um, but I I have been enjoying it to be honest. It's quite nice. We've also got Vito Doria here. Vito, hello. How are you? I'm good, Connor. Thankfully, I don't feel like a zombie. And uh, um, I'm probably on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of weather. You know, you're boiling in Europe. Whereas here, I wouldn't say it's cold, but yeah, it's not particularly warm just yet. But the worst of winter's over, at least by Aussie standards. I do it's probably bring... the same as here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I do need to bring this onto the podcast because we said it on the preview pod last week that Kev was talking about the heat in in the north of England. Kev's currently topless, and I asked him how hot it was in Liverpool, and he said it was quite hot, or wherever he is now. You think I'm hot. just topless? It's 23 <laughs> degrees, and Kev is coming here on Thursday. It's going to be 38 I know I'm going to miss Naked Wednesday, but no more. Oh, what a shame that is. <laughs> You're coming to my apartment the day after Naked Wednesday. We'll just do Naked Saturday. Uh, yep, that's At the works. Tardini, I believe, right? At the Tardini, yeah. <laughs> Let's get it done. Um, guys, match day one, it's not entirely finished because there are still two games to be played on Monday. We've got Torino Cagliari and Bologna-Milan. But we're doing the podcast on a Sunday night. So what can we do? We can't really do much more than that. We will have a bonus podcast during the week wherein we can talk about those two games as well. In case you missed the bon or the preview podcast last week, sorry. I do just want to say if if you are ever wondering where to find us this season, if for whatever reason we disappear from your usual feeds or you just want to help us that little bit more, you can just search the Total Italian Football Podcast on all of your podcast apps and you should find us there. It's probably the safest and best place to listen to us for our benefit and for yours in case we disappear off other places. And there is also patreon.com slash total italian football where you will be able to get the bonus podcast about the men's game every week and a podcast about Serie A Femenile once that season gets going in a little under a month's time um there's been developments in the Sampdoria case as well which we discussed last week but we'll leave that for that podcast anyway we better get into this weekend's action because I think it's been a fun opening match day so far there's been a few twists a few turns not too many shocks, but a couple of slight surprises, we could say. Frozenone threatened to spring a surprise. They went 1-0 up against Serie A champions Napoli inside eight minutes, but Napoli came back 
largely thanks to Victor Ossiman and won 3-1. Empoli beat... No, they didn't. Verona beat Empoli 1-0 that same day. Fiorentina smashed Genoa. Vito, you can smile, 4-1 at Marassi. Inter beat Monza 2-0 at the Stadio Giuseppe Miazza. Atalanta beat Sassuolo 2-0. I was at the Mape for that. Roma Salernitana finished 2-2. Andrea Bellotti appears to have refound his Torino form. Watch this space. Lecce beat Lazio 2-1. Yes, I do find that funny. And Juventus are a whole new team under old Max Allegri. They beat Udinese 3-0 in Udinese to pick up this season. Where they finished last season in quite a nice little bit of symmetry. Where shall we start? Ewan, it's got to be the champions, Napoli. They had an early scare, but they came roaring back and won 3-1 quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, N- N- Napoli obviously were a big topic in our preview where the majority of us were fairly negative about them. Um, I'm not going to backtrack on any of that because th- this is the sort of game that even a version of them that we think isn't going to win the league, they should still win away at Frozenone, but they have to go and do it. It gets harder if you fall behind like they did. Um, Ozman is one of them players, even if you don't like Napoli, there's a small part of you that likes to see him score goals because he's just an enjoyable footballer and he's not the sort you want to see and that a stinking runner for. Well. Yeah, uh, one of them was a, a vicious goal. It was like quite a rude goal, actually. Rude um, goal, I fully agree. It was, it was a perfectly Ewan description for that goal, but I agree 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's one of the, I, I, I don't, this is not very podcasty of me, but I don't think there's actually a massive amount to say about Napoli in, in the sense that they should win this game. They did. Ozzyman's really good job done. Kev has something to say. Well, no, because I'm too scared to open another browser while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody remember if Osman was wearing his mask still? He was, yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I just wondered if it was a you know all new uh, recovered Osman. I know he does it for. Uh, I think it's just the person hosting the call who struggles with tab opening. I think you'll yes, be so fine. Let's not take chances, <laughs> please. Let's not take chances. Um. But yeah, he was wearing the mask, Kev. I, I realised because he took it off and he did a good little celebration where he stuck his tongue out to the camera, which I quite liked and I don't know why I liked it. So we need to uh, we need to get that now looked out for, what does that mean? should we say. But, what uh, does that mean? You've just said a few words. And I, I don't know. know just, just please, whether, please just, God throw to Vito. Just, just whether it's going <laughs> to... I'll let Vito come in, but you know, just whether it's going to be a, a regular goal celebration. So keep a lookout for that, I suppose. But uh, go on, Vite. <laughs> look, I was actually going to talk about uh, Frosinone. Firstly, about Napoli. Look, it was pretty much as expected. Ossiman with the two goals, that was lovely. Raspadori had a good game in the absence of Cavarat Scalia and uh, Di Lorenzo with two assists. So they're positive signs. Um, like I was going to mention, Frosinone. Um, like the rest of us, I tipped them for relegation, but surprisingly, I think there is a style of play there. And Eusebio Di Francesco, after a few bad years at Sampdoria and Verona, um, at Frosinone, I don't think he'll have too much uh, uh, pressure to perform. And as our colleague Suho um, pointed out on total-italianfootball.com, that uh, Frosinone did look like... Uh, yeah, they had something about them. Harawi, who scored the penalty, overall had a good game. And I think the wingers, if they can somehow click, they've got raw talent, but it's just more about becoming effective. What 
with what they do with the ball, you know, knowing when to dribble, when to pass, when to shoot, all those kind of things. So there is a strategy there, but uh, I think the concern is they don't have enough Serie A experience. A lot of them look like uh, either youngsters or lower division players. So um, against relegation rivals, they might actually do something decent. But uh, I think despite conceding three goals, I didn't think the performance against the reigning champions was too bad at all. Are you suggesting, Vito, that the Eusebio di Francesco curse is finished? I think it's possible because, look, Verona, he only had two games, so there wasn't much there. <laughs> but at Sump, he was woeful. In those seven games, Sump were absolutely atrocious. So I remember there was only one win against Torino, which was scrappy to say the least, but... I was in Italy for two of the last two games under Di Francesco, and yeah, the team just looked lost and had no spirit. But this Frosinone, even though they're not at the level of his Sassuolo teams, but at least the philosophy is similar enough. I will say they do have um, Atalanta up next, then they play Udinese, and then Sassuolo. So they've not got the easiest of starts to the season, but they will be hoping that Sassuolo have a bit of a funny patch at the start of seasons, as they so often do. And they might be able to pick up a couple of points from from those games anyway, because the worst thing I find for newly promoted teams, especially those that are quite clearly minnows in the top flight, the longer it takes them to get that first win, the the uglier you fear that it's it's going to become. Like when Benevento went on that horrid run a few years ago, you just thought this could end really really badly Cremonese of course last season as well so let's hope they get up off the mark sooner rather than later but I was impressed by a lot of what I saw from from Frozenone I'll agree with you guys speaking of being impressed though Victor Ossiman and Lautaro Martinez Kev just kind of had their own little shootout these are the top two scorers from last season and there's every reason to believe that they could be two of the top three again this season because it was a joke from the two of them yeah, and I think there was there was something about watching uh, Martinez with sort of the captain's armband on now. Handanovic has permanently departed Inter, and it feels like that will give him a little bit of an extra sort of extra edge this year. Almost like he's going to sort of take the team on as his. It's almost the the Martinez as captain era, which would probably keep him at Inter maybe for a year year longer than maybe expected. Because I think if he keeps keeps firing like he has done um, while he's been in Milan, it's somebody's going to have to come in from, I think, at, at some stage or at least try and prize him away with a massive offer. Well, he had that opportunity to leave, or he, he nearly did, to Barcelona a few years back now, and everybody knew he wanted it. Inter knew, he knew, Barca knew. It was like one of the worst-kept secrets in football that that move was something that everybody wanted to happen except for Inter. But he's always been, Burnsy, a very patchy player. Like, we, we joke about how... He is in one season both the best player you've seen over the course of a season and the worst player that you've seen over the course of that same season because when he's on it, he's on it. Do you think this captaincy is now going to like require more consistently good performances out of him? Do do we trust him yet to be able to to lead by example like that? I think it can only help that he's already score twice because you know we talk about that form thing a lot and it, it's clear he's the sort of player where once once he's had a game where he's not scored it's in his head once it's two it's in his head more three more and it, it just seems to spiral for him so 
you know you don't want that at the start of a season. The fact that you score twice straight away, I think, it's quite a big deal for a player like that. Um, and that, that kind of goes hand in hand with the captaincy. Like that, that can only help. Um, he's he's a wonderful player who needs a lot to be going his way. Mm. Um, and you know, the, the the main thing you want to be going your way if you're a striker is that the ball's going in the net. And it is early on. That's all he can really want at this point. Well, as we saw in another game this weekend, it doesn't necessarily need to go into the net part. It just needs to cross the line, Brenzi. <laughs> but we will get there. We will get there. I've got to say, Kev, I'm going to come back to you for this one because Marco Anatovic came off the bench for a debut and he had a good time, didn't he? I couldn't believe the man I was seeing on the pitch. Well, it's. I suppose he's got a point to prove from when he was last at Inter. Um, if he listens to this, he's got a point to prove to you. Um, I, so... I, I jokingly called him Batlast. <laughs> he he well... got away with it, but Burnsy picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know why. It's, it's just because I think I suppose I like the odd, um, well, eccentric player. You know, whether it's through, you know, what they say, what they do or whatever. So I'd, I'd quite like to have see him have a sort of fun season in You're a hypocrite, uh, in Milan. You are, because you hated Zlatan and you love big Marco. Oh, uh, no, no, see, I think I'd, I'd, I like Zlatan until it starts to grate on you. And I think I like Arnautovic until it starts to grate. But he, he's kind of had it inconsistently. So it's never had, it's never been going on long enough for it to grate on me, I suppose. And plus he's... He buggered off to China, so we didn't see him for a bit then either, whereas Latam was completely in your face for about 20 years. <laughs> um, do does, does it count against him that yes. he's, he's wearing the number eight, which to me just sits weird on a player like Marco Anelton? I get that, but Gosens was also eight, and he's not one. So the, yeah, I, I didn't like that either, but uh, there's something about Arnautovic that it, it really stood out to me. And to be honest, it's not even a number that's a million miles away from his role but it just looked weird I thought yeah it, it didn't bother me too much to be honest I see what you mean but I don't know why I wasn't bothered by it I think there's just so many other things about that man that bother me I'm feels like he needs a yeah, high yeah. double digit number you know he needs yeah, 88 or like passing inch or something yeah but uh... I'll tell you what though Marcus Turan taller than I thought he's big isn't he discuss <laughs> well I've got nothing else to say about that. I just saw him on the pitch Maybe it's because he was next to Lazaro Martinez, I don't know. But I, I didn't think he was a small player, but I didn't think he was a tall player. Um, but he, he looked bigger he's than quite most imposing, on isn't the he? pitch. He's quite physically impressive. And he's rapid as well, which I know we mm. knew and we did say this last week, but it I do find it's always a bit scarier when a tall player is rapid because it's odd. And he's, yeah, he's a lot got of power all there. of that. But anyway, I'm, I'm still really excited about him. Um, Vito, I think it was you that wrote about this one wasn't it yes it was and, and yes. you said that we're basically going to need a little bit of time before we see the best out of marcus Turan. yeah i certainly think so even though he showed uh, glimpses of potential i still think he's a little bit raw and needs that time to adapt to the italian game so i think in that case you've got lautaro who's already hit the ground running with his brace and Arnautovic, even though he can be erratic or off in his own world he has played in Serie A previously and, you know, at least even if if it's like a short-term thing or just for a quick fix, at least Arnautovic can come off the bench and do something. But 
With Arnautovic, I don't think it's sustainable in the long term because of his age. Mm. And if Arnautovic, I mean, sorry, if Turam can have a better understanding of his teammates around him and also embrace Inzaghi's methods, I think there's still a player there. And to have pace and height, uh, that's a lethal combo if, you know, he starts scoring or at least starts supplying Lautaro with assists. It's it's something that we need to give Inter credit for, both under Conte previously and now under Inzaghi, Bernsey, that they're a bit of a throwback in that they like a strike partnership, which we don't usually see around the place too often. But you think when Inter were at their best in this like modern Inter era, it was when they had Lukaku and Lautaro up top. And Lautaro did what he does, and Lukaku was quick and powerful and an aerial threat beside him. There is the chance now that Marcus Taram can be that because he is a tall guy. He is rapid. I don't know how powerful he is, to be honest with you, but generally, if you've got height and speed together, you think there's a little bit of power there as well. So this could be the new partnership that everyone gets all excited about this season, other than Kiesa and Vlaovic, obviously, at Juventus. Do you reckon maybe they do it for social media reasons, just because it, it really gives you something to so they can get a hammer around a partnership? Because you know, they 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 really loved the Lukaku Lautaro. Because it was called Lula as well, though it just it worked, yeah. didn't it? It What's had a then? name. Tulu. Tulu. That's nice, isn't it? No, because Lukaku was the Lou bit. That Tula. They, they, they make roof boxes though, don't they? So that doesn't work. Latu. You can't, yeah, that's already taken. <laughs> Mark, Mala, Lama, Lama. Of course Lama. you know they make yeah. roof boxes. I was going to say, what? <laughs> Without having a car. Yeah, too late. Yeah. <laughs> Without even that? thinking about that either. It was just on the top of his head. Yeah. We had one when I was younger. And okay, weird, so I just box. spot these things. You are um, right. Go on. But no, yeah, you, you are right. Um, because... Like other top Serie A teams, there there are times where like maybe Roma or Juve have had two up front, but it's 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 very rarely or almost never two actual strikers. Yeah. Whereas that that is what Inter have had at all the times. So it is it's quite refreshing in a way, and, and I think that there is some there's always something pleasing about watching two strikers link up all the way uh, sort of along the pitch, as it were, as part of one move which is something that Lukaku and Lattaro did a lot, and you would assume that's exactly what Ntagi is kind of trying to do again now. You would hope so. Inter are going to be interesting to watch this season, though. Um, I, th- I think we might have a fun season watching them, more so than last term as well, because they were just a bit more frustrating than anything else last season. But speaking of frustrations, shall we get on to Roma next? No, let's go on to Juventus, shall we? We'll do Juve, and then we'll get down to to the other teams. Because, look, I think we all unanimously picked Juventus as, as top four finishers in our predictions last week. Um, they went away to Udine and they won 3-0. And I think if you were to ask Juventus fans to pick like their preferred three goal scorers from a game, at least two of them would be Federico Chiesa and Dusan Vlaovic because it's it's so important that the attacking players are doing it. And Adrian Rabio scored the third and it was 3-0 at halftime. And Vito... It was a very un Massimiliano Allegri like performance. Oh, especially in that first half where they got the three goals, and I think it's characteristic of him to just you know settle with the one goal. But uh, 
to have Chiesa and Vlaovich involved in the goals, I think it's a real confidence booster and also takes pressure off themselves. I think there's been a lot expected of those two, especially Vlahovic. But uh, if they don't get sold before the transfer window closes, and also with them not having to worry about European action, I think uh, Kiez and Vlahovic can try and develop a better understanding. And also, if Allegri is sticking to a counter-attacking plan, then those two, if given enough space and the confidence is up, they can be very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it allows them to use Milik in the way that he was surely signed, right? Which is the backup. Because you don't want to be relying on Eric Milik through a season. But last year, they kind of had to at times. There was a, a moment at the end of this, guys, where I had to... So I got in from Reggio Emilia with about, I think, 15 minutes or so left of this game. So I popped it on. And at the end, when the final whistle went... um. Vlaovic was on the bench because he'd obviously gone off and I don't know if any of you saw this but he, he was holding up Paul Pogba's shirt with Pogba's yeah, name facing out and I immediately thought oh god Pogba's Pogba's obviously come on and like died again and I went and had to check and I was like no he's he's on the bench too what was <laughs> Vlaovic doing? I, don't, I, I I did see that, but I have no answer for you. I don't know why he was doing that. But, <laughs> but it looked it like he was did, doing did it like to send the message. It did, didn't it? it? It didn't look like accidental or anything. It looked like he knew what he was doing. Um, Duzan, we know you're a listener. Get in touch and let us know. <laughs> um, it's at Serie A Total on Twitter and on Instagram too, and just Total Italian Football on Facebook, and you'll find our contact details there as well. Duzan, let us know what you were doing there, because we're a little bit confused. But, Kev, we know what Juventus like to do under Massimiliano Allegri. This defend. <laughs> I, I think we could say winning three 0 isn't necessarily it, is it? Um, do we think this is just a little bit of a, a weird start to the season, or do we think that Allegri might be allowing his players to play with a, a phrase that I hate a little bit? So I'm sorry, but with the handbrake off a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe he's sort of going to take a different tact and sort of get games. Get games won nice and early, and then you know go more pragmatic as opposed to just spend the entire ninety minutes pragmatically sitting off and hoping to hit teams on the break. Um, but it could also be the Udinese factor because I think mean, last season was the first time in a long time they sort of started wow uh, domestically. So um, yeah, it would be nice if he does because I think the lack of game time with no European action will be beneficial just to keeping some players like Chiesa fit. We we still possibly don't quite know if Allegri has changed anything because they the first goal was before two minutes. So that it, it immediately sort of freed mm. them up. Um, so how they necessarily were approaching the game. I don't, I don't know if they would have played the way they did in that first half all the way through if it would, if it stayed nil-nil for a lot longer. Um, we'll have to kind of wait and see for that. All right, but they, they, they were good. <laughs> well, so they, 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 they didn't do a lot in the second half, to be honest. It, it, not that they necessarily had to, but it very little went on. And Udinese did have quite a few good chances. They, they This isn't a good start for them, but I don't think they're going to dwell on it too long because they did actually still create a fairly decent amount of stuff. A, f- oh, a decent oh. amount of stuff. Kev, jump in there quickly, please. And yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, you've always, you've already mentioned the heat, and I've watched 
what three or four live games now at the start of the season here in the UK, and the last sort of twenty minutes have been sort of you know you've seen that it's the start of the season for a lot of these players. They're sort of getting their match fitness up, so probably it is a better tactic to to go out early because you know your players are going to naturally tire and not have you sort of that fuel in the tank to win a game if they need to at the end, unless obviously you're Lecce as soon as they've done this, this uh, today. It's tough for the fat ones like Arnautovic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking from experience, yes, it is tough for the fat ones at the moment. Um, but yes, very much, plenty of moob sweat. I feel. Actually, you know what? I was I was all right there today. I was just it was mostly face sweat, which is not nice because it it just like goes all over the place, doesn't it? Like it drips down onto the keyboard and all sorts. But anyway. That's a um, lot of face work. <laughs> 38 degrees, Ewan. <laughs> what do you expect? 38 degrees. They shouldn't be playing football. Um. Anyway, I do feel like I would have my citizenship revoked if I didn't point out the fact that an, an Irish player started for Udinese against Juventus, which is obviously great to see. Festia Bozzelli started as right wing back. He made his first start for the Zabretti last season, actually, away at Atalanta in a game that my dad and I were in attendance for. And that was quite nice because he actually played for our hometown club, Bray Wanderers. And then we saw him make his debut in, in Serie A at the Nigevis Stadium, which was very pleasant. But I really hope he makes it because we've seen Cahill Heffernan, unfortunately, leave Italy this summer. It looked like he was going to make the move from, from Milan's underage ranks to Verona. But then... He's instead accepted probably silly money at Saudi Arabia's Newcastle United. So um, he's gone there instead, unfortunately. But there's still a few Irish people knocking about, which is which is very, very nice. Um, so the more festy, the better, says I. And by extension, says all of you. Um, what should we move on to next? I think... Can we talk about the game that I was at? Does that yes. really come before the Roma game? <laughs> I'm trying to do you a favor here because the longer we wait to talk about that, the less time we have to spend on it. Thank you, Vito. This is why you're my favorite. Sassuolo nil, Atalanta two. Giampiero Gasparini was suspended. He he looked. He still did the press conference, by the way. I didn't go into it, but I walked past and he he smiled out the door at me. Um, not at me. Just he was smiling and we made eye contact and it was pleasant. Oh, there goes Connor. <laughs> he he doesn't smile very often in press conferences. It was nice to see him smiling and making eye contact with me at the same time. But the big story here is Charles de Ketelar. Vito, he's made his debut. He scored a goal. And the boy is a bit good. Yeah, he's definitely made an immediate impact and especially after struggling at AC Milan last season I think this is the debut that he needed it was a well taken goal uh, didn't touch the net but was enough to cross <laughs> the line and beforehand uh, it looked like Gianluca Scamac another La Dea debutante was about to score but then De Catalare unleashed a shot and unfortunately he was denied by the crossbar otherwise he could have had uh, a brace on debut even so Still great from the Belgian, and hopefully for his sake, this is a sign of better things to come. Kev, this is exactly what he needed, isn't it? Because it, it did seem at points last season as if just nothing was going his way. And then he came on and he missed that chance that he headed down into the ground and over. Then he hit the crossbar, and he was doing really good things outside of the box. 
but it just felt like this guy has some sort of curse over him. Yeah, and so when I saw the the goal uh, flash up on my phone at the same time, I was um, we were listening to sort of the Chelsea goings on, uh, Chelsea West Ham today, and you had Lucas Prachter who scored for for West Ham. I was and going made, to ask which he, club he played for in that game because I know he was linked to the move, wasn't he? Well, yeah, absolutely to Manchester City, and he's also got other things that have got him in the news at the moment um, that might lead to a ban, but. Um, yeah, it immediately made me sort of think about that spell he had at Milan and how important it is, you know, that, that when you're in sort of in the the start of your career, you've got to choose your, you know, choose your moves quite wisely. And sometimes you can't help that, you know, if, you know, Charles de Ketelaar gets picked up for 30 odd billion, you go to Milan. But then if it, if it, if it fails to work out because the environment or the stage the team's at, doesn't allow you to sort of prosper, then you're going to have to move away. And I was thinking that could, you know, because he's clearly a talented lad and could we see that he just ha- has to exit Milan to sort of get that fresh start again? It, you know, certainly perfect start at Antalanta today. Um, but there are, I think, some symmetries there with players in the past that, that Milan and other clubs have, have bought and just at the wrong time because they were a talent and they wanted them, they wanted them at their club. And remember, Atalanta under Gasparini have a bit of a reputation as being the perfect springboard for players' second chances. Like, how many players have not done so well elsewhere, gone there, relaunched their careers, and then gone on to bigger things? Um, But I do have to say, being there, you could see the encouragement that he was quite noticeably getting and aware of getting from, from both the fans and the players as well. Because when he came on, the cheers were huge. Like, there's, I said this last week on the preview, there's so much excitement amongst Atalanta fans about his signing because people are talking about Joseph Ilicic again. And since that, well, basically since Papu left, people have been mourning over Ilicic as well because Ilicic also obviously had his, like, his, his health problems where it really took his toll on him. And, and there was that season, the 1920, and I think 2021 as well, when Ilicic and Papu were just on it. And we've not had that at Atalanta since, but there's a feeling that the Ketelar can do that. And we saw some glimpses of it today, like the positions he was getting into, some of the little trickery that he was doing with his feet. And people were loving it, Kev. And you're the very reason Gasparini was at pains to say that the Ketelar is not like Ilicic. No, Have you not. seen his post-match comments? But this is the thing, right? They're obviously very, very different players. But in terms of the roles they can play in the team, they can do similar things despite being quite different. They're both tall and a bit gangly, but excellent with their feet and can play a lovely through pass that most of the players on the on the team can't do. They are not the same player and they do different things, but there are some comparisons there. And in terms of the role that they offer, I think it's a worthy comparison. Like there's a reason that so many people have been saying it around Bergamo. Like it's, there, there is a belief that he can go on and do something quite good. Skamaka also debuted. Sev Kolasinac started. Um, I think he finished the game as well. Let me just get the lineups. He did. Uh, but I think it's a pretty good start to the season for Atalanta. Um, didn't always look like it was going to happen. But I, I said in my post-match video, was it the video or the article, which is going live on the website in seven minutes at time of speaking, um, that Atalanta now have a squad which is so important. Again, we touched on that in the preview, but there was a really, really, really nice moment 
which anybody who follows me on Twitter will have seen after the game involving captain for the night and I believe vice captain of the club now, Martin Daron, who after the game is is weeing, came out on the pitch. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, a, a little child, too small to identify from that far away. And they ran towards the curva and just did a big way. And it was it was very pleasant. And then someone from the club popped out and gave Martin Daron a, a special shirt because he made his 300th appearance for the club, which... It's quite good going, considering he came for a season left and then came back. Um, but what an important player. I think he's a contender to be in our team of the week this week as well, because he was brilliant. But let's move on, shall we? Burns, you're desperate to talk about another frustrating evening in a new season for AS Roma and Jose Mourinho, although he, like Gasparini, was also suspended. But there's some positives to take from this, because Andrea Bellotti scored... Then Kondreva scored twice and Salernitana were 2 and a up. And then Bolotti scored again. So the good news is Andrea Bolotti knows how to score goals in Serie A again. Yeah, I'm not as frustrated about this game as you might think. Just because... That's not what your text messages to me said when Antonio Kondreva put well, the ball in the net. He's, he's comparing well, it to United Tottenham, that's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was lovely compared to that. Um, no, that what, was, what was frustrating about that is that Salernitana had had no like sustained pressure or anything during the game. Kandreva just scored two wonderful goals out of nothing in that way that he does a handful of times a season. He just happened to do two of them in the same game. Um, Roma were largely quite decent. And when you factor in that there's a lot of players and also staff um, missing from, from that game, there was a few... New players getting a bit involved. Hussein Awar started, and he was he was very tidy. I think he could be quite interesting this season. Um, Renato Sanchez came on and was quite interesting as well. But Belotti was obviously the the big deal in it. And you know you have to factor in that last season his his impact at a time where Abraham either wasn't playing or was playing badly was was literally non-existent. Like it, it just felt like there was no striker in the team. Mm. Um, so for him to, you know, not only score twice, but he had another one ruled out, which which was a very good goal. Um, I'm not, not saying it was incorrectly ruled out. It's just he did very well. Yeah. And he had other chances. He was just generally very good. And he just looked like a completely different human being to last season. He, he said after the game, I can't remember these out words, but basically that he feels like himself again. Mm. Like he, he didn't feel like himself last season. Um, and that could be him being good could be bigger than the any fact, of the other signings. The fact that it's him as well, right? Because anybody that's seen Andrea Bellotti play for Torino in the past, and also for Italy at times, knows that he is a striker that is made for Mourinho. Like, the way he mm. plays is, if you're a coach, you want a player like Andrea Bellotti in your team when he's on it. Last season, it was tough to watch. And I think most people who are fans of Italian football want Andrea Bellotti to refine his form. Lazio fans excluded, probably. But most people quite like him, which, again, says quite a lot about the type of player and character he is. But and, You know, it is just one game. Yeah. But and, and Roma is still trying to get another striker for, for more depth. But that hunt for a striker, I think, is feels less intense now. Now that it feels like Bellotti could actually be of use, because you know I can't emphasize enough, he was of zero use last season. He yeah. just it, the, the the net result would have been the same if he wasn't there. 
So it's it's a big deal for him to score twice. And especially in the same week where their main striker target was Duvan Zapata. Um, that pursuit seems to have gone cold because Gasparini's come out and said, ah, he's, he's our player. And then El Bilal Torre got injured for five months. <laughs> so they're not going to be letting Zapata go anywhere, are they? Uh, but friend of Total Italian Football, Patrick Kendrick, put up a tweet to say, this was at halftime as well, so before he got his second goal, that Antonio Contreva has scored three ludicrous goals in front of specifically the Curva Sud on his last three trips to the Olimpico. One was against Lazio, and then the other two came against Roma. That's including the first goal this evening. And then he went and scored the other, which was, to his credit, in front of the Curva Nord. So well done, Antonio, for, for sharing that around in, in Rome. Um, Bernsey, how many shots do you think Salernitana had? I really hope it wasn't two. Uh, it can't. It can't be many more than that. If it is more, <laughs> three. How many shots oh. on target do you think they had? Well, that must have been two. It's two, yeah. That was two. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be at least two. Uh, yeah, see, that's what I mean. Goal. Roma were they were the better team. They they weren't like really good or anything like that. But it wasn't. It wasn't the same as what you'd think a two-two would feel like last season with Roma. That there was actually a little bit to be vaguely excited about. Don't worry, Roma fans, because Lazio lost. They went down to Salento. They lost 2-0 to Lecce and Federico Di Francesco. What a weekend. I say, what a weekend. Eusebio lost, didn't he? But there were some positives there. What a weekend for the Di Francescos. Um, Chiro Mobile scored for Lazio. They went 1-0 up. <laughs> they were 1-0 up in the 85th minute. And they lost 2-1. Vito, what on earth has happened there? I'll be honest. It defies logic. Uh, there are reasons for that, too. I mean, not only did Lazio lose after gaining the lead, but Lecce eventually ended up with more possession, more shots, and more shots on target. And they have Roberto Diversa as a coach. His game plan at Parma was kicked to Gervinho. At some, there wasn't much going on. And then they produced this against a Maurizio Sarri team. It's like the world's been turned upside down. I will not have Diversa slander on this podcast, Mr. Doria. Although you're bang on about his plan being give the ball to Gervinho. And then when he had the change system, he didn't know what he was doing. And Palmer were the worst team I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> um, take, take your point. But we all tipped Lecce. Well, didn't all. I think a lot of us tipped Lecce for relegation. Kev, I think you're one of them. Uh, oh, you're throwing me now. I remember Verona and Frosinone. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I had Empoli to, I had right, yeah, to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vito, you tipped them for relegation, did you? Yes, I did. Are you getting worried now? Uh, not yet, no. <laughs> Sweating. <laughs> One game into the season. I'm going to go in and edit it. I don't look silly. Oh, God. Oh, God, God, God. Anyway, um, Bernsey, are you You must be happy because you like Lecce. Oh, I'm very happy yeah, for two reasons. Three reasons, actually. One, I like Lecce. Two, I don't like Lazio. And three, I had stopped looking at the score of that game and then just <laughs> stumbled upon it afterwards and was very shocked. I'm waiting for the highlights to appear because I want to watch them. Um, Lazio are going to Lazio though, aren't they? They, they are always just a little bit funny. Um, the rest of the games, I'll come to you for this one, Vito. It'd be rude not to. Fiorentina, f- no, sorry. Genoa 1, Fiorentina 4. 
Oh, a great start for the Viola in in Genoa. They just absolutely obliterated them. And yeah, clearly for the Grifone, not a welcome return to Serie A. Uh, Bonaventura had a very good game and uh, Biragi opened the scoring, scored a lovely goal too. So uh, I think overall for Vincenzo Italiano, uh, a great start to have, got his football in play. But aside from the football on the pitch, probably one of the highlights of the game was Italiano hitting one of his assistants or some other official. Well, this is the only reason we're talking about this game. I'll be honest. Kev? The first, the first 15 minutes, though, felt like a trailer for Genoa's oh, season. Wait, are you not going to talk about the Italiano thing? Well, could do. But um, I wasn't really sure what was going on because well, I was, travel- I was, I was <laughs> traveling as you sent me let's the... Uh, Vincenzo formally Italiano Twitter went video. To his dugout before the game, someone was sitting in a seat, so he physically removed them from his seat in the way that you would see a bully in an American film pick up the the dweeb character. <laughs> it was Fernsey, the highlight of the Serie A season, surely. It was good, wasn't it? He, it? It wasn't a joke either. He looked angry. But the guy and the other moved, guy wasn't laughing. But he kind of, he had a little sheepish smile, been like, oh, sorry. <laughs> He Sorry, probably Shinny. proceeded to stand for the rest of the game, I assume, as well. <laughs> I want to know who was down there that is so far beneath Italiano that, that they react like that when he kicks them out of his chair. <laughs> I was thinking it must have been the team manager because nobody else would be in that area. Because he had a suit on as well, didn't yeah. he, I think? Which suggests he's not a coach. Um, yeah, it was odd, but it was a good. I liked it. It's one of the best things you'll see. Um, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Italiano is the sort of coach I associate that with either. Yeah. There are some coaches that you'd expect to see that happen. Inzaghi, but... Conte, oh, Gaspar Gasp would do it to the fourth yeah. official, not to anyone he Mourinho works certainly with. got it in him. Yeah, only if they're smaller um, than him though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Allegri would do it, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Partway through the season, still, things have built up enough. I still quite regularly think about that video of Allegri in his first time at Juventus when he got really angry while he was removing his jacket. Davina, <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, no, yeah, it was against Carpi from memory. <laughs> yeah, it was. And he kept removing it and it just threw it on the ground. It was glorious. <laughs> it was. I'm pretty sure it was the official Juventus socials today, but there was a picture of Allegri sat with his, his fingers almost touched together, and I've never seen him look uh, more like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. He's funny looking, though, Allegri, isn't he? Like, I think he's underrated in how odd he is. Mm. He's a bit, there's a bit of an alien to him. I'm, <laughs> a bit of an alien to him. He's, he's one of them people who looks around. totally different in many different settings. I feel like I could still be showing a picture of a current picture of Allegri and possibly not realise it was him because he just looks totally different <laughs> yeah, every single time he's like in. Simon Cowell <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, is that really what he, that's not the image I've got in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean but also at the same time he's he's aged quite graciously I think like he doesn't look all that much different if you compare yeah. photos of him over the last 10 years he, he didn't cling on to his hair for too long um, there was a period when I thought, oh, he's, you know, he's going to age you sort of holding on to that hair. And then suddenly he came in with a nice, fresh sort of shaved head. That's the only photo I'm finding, which is just looks like a floating head. 
Uh, I'll, is, I'll, I'll find it. He's also it. good for looking it. weird in photos because he always does. We have one on the website actually where he's like behind something at the stadium and it just looks <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but it's funny. It's more like, like an, an entity. Yeah. Um, he's, he's an essence. So, guys, if, you, if you're ever looking for something to, to giggle at, just have a, a look at Massimiliano Allegri photos. I can't find this picture, Kev. I'll, I'll, I'll have to dig it out. I'm definitely, uh, it was definitely this evening. But but anyway, um, the point I was going to make, and then we oh, went on, on to the... Uh, no, just it felt like this was a trailer for Genoa's season because I saw some of the videos of like before the game. There was all that excitement. Yeah, we're back in Syria. It's time, you know, you can be positive. And, but they're probably most weeks are going to get pumped and, you know, be two goals down through terrible defending. Um, and also a lovely... Uh, Nicholas Gonzalez header. I'm now convinced he just only scores headers for Fiorentina. Did he always have Nico <laughs> on the back of his shirt, or is that a new thing? I think that's new. I think that is new. Yeah. He's, he's he's got the number ten now, which is also new to him. So oh. maybe he's, he's gone. He's gone full full rebrand. Has it? What was he last year? Twenty one. Sure, would have been ten. Twenty one. Oh, that's I think. A, one of the transfers that kind of slipped me past me by Cabral leaving. Mm. Um, they only got slightly more than they paid for him as well, maybe five million more. I think he went for like seventeen point five. Where has he gone? Benfica. Ah, it's a good move for him. To be fair, it's I, quite cool. I yeah. think I'd do that. But like, if you're living in Florence, <laughs> then you go to live in like ah, come on, oh, Lisbon. He's yeah. doing it right, Absolutely isn't he? Lisbon. That is yeah, the way it's, to it's, play. It's not often you'd move away from Florence and end up somewhere that you'd also be very happy to live in. You've just but got a I'd city that's better, as beautiful, but, but with the sea. And all those little custard yeah. cakes that now the name oh, eludes me. Custard they, cake. Yeah. They oh. are <laughs> there in my top uh, 10 favourite things on earth. Although, I've got to say, speaking of some of my favourite things on earth, Sassuolo's catering again. Oh, <laughs> Brenzi, I sent you a photo of my chocolate muffin. And Pardon? <laughs> you yeah, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> What a euphemism. I was I was going to leave out the chocolate part just to really play into that, but I thought it better. Um, but Bernsey, it did even look good, didn't it? It, it was oozing. It was yeah. wonderful. Um, and we had a nice pasta fredda, which was quite good. And then just a little focaccia with... Um, what was it? Prosciutto cotta in the middle. I seem to remember when you said about the muffin, you'd said something vaguely serious. Oh, not very serious, but something that was work-related where you actually sent, like, loads of pictures messages. at the end of a game. Yeah. At the end of the game you were at, which I assume was for internet reasons. <laughs> two, yeah. two minutes later, <laughs> OMG, this chocolate muffin is superb. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, I so that was after like the second bite. And then I was getting towards the end of it and I was like, I've got, I've got to take a photo. I've got to send him a photo of this because he can see the, the chocolate in the middle of it. it was- I think it's a weird thing to eat when you're too warm, though. <laughs> I don't think I'd I did think eat that. I did think that. Cake. But I needed so it, it the heat is just it's it just makes you tired. So if you've got access to sugar, you're like, yeah, give us a bit of sugar, that'll give me another hour. Is that why I had to get the pictures? You're just tired. No, that was an internet <laughs> thing and reasons that I'll explain off the podcast. Um <laughs> But I think that's every Everything. No, Empoli, Verona. Empoli lost. They're going to get relegated. Verona won. They're going to stay up. Um, oh, Federico Modestoli scored, but I don't really care about that because, Kev, Verona's away kit 
has one of the nicest features of any Serie A kit this season. Have you seen it? Oh, that's the um, it's the bridge and things, isn't it? So yeah. it's kind of there, got, like, sort the of city. Yeah, so. yeah, it's very nice. I was trying it's to because obviously I got into my kits again now, so I was trying to work out if anybody was wearing anything that is away from what is a traditional first, second, or third kit. And uh, that reminded me that Verona's had their little uh, bridge trim and things, which I've walked over a couple of times. But the goal, the goalkeeper with that was shocking. I don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Have, have you just? This is what I mean, though. Empoli losing to Cario, they're going relegated. Um, <sighs> are you telling me that the spreadsheet is up and running for twenty three twenty four? Spreadsheet is up and running. Yes, I might I'm... get it. I might do a weekly tally of how many kits have been worn. Weekly might be a bit much. Well, just for Twitter, not for <laughs> okay. well X or whatever we call it now. However, I'm still on calling it Twitter, oh. I'm not calling it X. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, because we've been on this now, and I'm now looking for that Allegri picture. But have you seen the? Do you remember the Barbie Girl video by Aqua? I don't remember it, but I will have seen it, yeah. But somebody's done that and put Allegri's face on every single character. <laughs> and, it, and I am liking it. And uh, it is phenomenal. And it's him singing as well. But anyway, yeah. yeah so, uh... That'll throw us a hole, won't it? When that, when that appears. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I've we just... can leave it there, guys. We're going to go. We are going to point you in the direction of total-italianfootball.com for all of the weekend's coverage um, mm. and opinions and everything and all sorts, and there's going to be plenty more. We'll be back before next weekend's games with the bonus podcast, and then it'll probably be the week after next that the Serie A Femenile podcast comes back. So you'll be getting your three podcasts a week. Just a reminder, it's patreon.com slash football. You can sign up for as little as two euro a month there like you're getting three podcasts a week one of them's free like what's that eight pods a month for two euro i think it's well worth it um i think that'll do any other business no no, no. right thanks for not answering audibly kev um we will <laughs> speak to you when we speak to you listeners and until then it's goodbye from me bernsey you have the last word say something bye Cuore che batte, ma nessuno lo sente. Però ti assicuro, non c'è loro so e per sempre. A due passi dal mare, la domenica sarà nel segno del lecce che vincerà. Cuore che batte, ma nessuno Però ti assicuro, giallo rosso e per sempre. A due passi dal mare, il tipo esploderà, quando il legge in campo scenderà. Vola, vola leggere, se nel cuore di chi crede solo a te. Quando non ci sei, ricordati di noi, nel bene e nel male noi con voi. Vola, vola leggere, se nel cuore di chi crede solo a te. Quando non ci sei, ricordati di noi, nel bene e nel male.
Sempre 